righty. Good morning, Irvine. That's what uh, Kevin would say. Right, Kevin? That's right. How do you say that? Good morning, Irvine. And you're going to hear it again about 8.02. And uh, Matt's in here. We're going to start Sports Matters just a little bit early. Uh, Both Kevin and I went to the uh, San Luis Obispo UCI game, which was at home. You want to tell us what happened? I tell you, honestly, I love the energy in the building. Boy, there was a lot of people there. I don't know how many thousands, but it was a great turnout. It was just a really tight, hard-fought game. Uh, Luke Nelson wasn't playing, though. Uh, but I thought the guys did a good enough job, almost almost to get that victory. But it just kind of slipped away in the end, as you know. <laughs> yeah, it, it looked like they ran out of uh, energy. Kind of lost lost the rhythm a little bit there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think when Jaron went out, you know, in the second half, he was on fire starting the second half. I mean, yeah, so ran off right, like six, right. seven buckets in a row, and I yeah. thought, okay, here comes UCI. Even without Luke Nelson, we're going to take this, but. It, um, but right. Cal Poly certainly made their adjustments. They were certainly much more physical with Giannis. Mm-hmm. And uh, who was the guy? Uh, I wanted to say he was Pickerly or Pickerly. It, it must have been one of their forwards. He 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 hit a couple of threes that were really important. Brandon Smith had actually hit a, a a couple threes. He had that one really nice block when the. Cal Poly was on mm-hmm. a fast break, you know, two on one, and he just chased the guy down from behind. And when he went up for the layup, oh, yeah. he just swatted that. I thought, great defense there. Yeah, I thought that was, that was gonna... a great play by Brandon Smith. He's so versatile, so athletic. Yeah, they had a couple of good. Just when you thought UCI was in trouble, they did get a steal, they get they to get that great block, things like that. But then the last ten minutes of the game, things just uh, kind of went awry i think you mentioned that you observed and and i kind of remember some of the three-point shots that just were like what were they well it was kind of a snowball effect they kind of lost their rhythm i think it should be more of a inside outside game and uh he just kind of when jaron martin went to the bench it just kind of lost the rhythm a little bit and it's like the snowball effect you know you take a couple bad shots and then the team is going the other way so long rebound they get a fast break basket as Matt knows, the Golden State Warriors live off that. They do. <laughs> and off, I, off, the, off the long rebound, fast break thing. Yes. I just think, you know, Cal Poly ended up shooting the ball better in general. Um, and usually that's that kind of what did. it comes down to. And they had a higher percentage than UCI did. And, you know, sometimes it's simple like that when you lose games. But, you know what, overall I think you should be proud to be an anteater because you're, oh, absolutely. you only have two losses going into – conference play i mean you're i assume that they're still in the top right no oh, yes oh, yeah. they're, 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 they're right up there place. yeah they're second uc place. davis that was a, but they get UC, to see uc, UC davis again at the very here. end so yeah. we'll definitely need yeah. as many and, fans there for that game and it's more important you know going into the honda center in the big west tournament is going to be the the big thing for them because i think bigger picture in terms of because this is a good basketball team they've oh, got a lot of depth good. They do. Like I, we've yeah. been saying it all season, but I mean, like they had just have spurts of greatness, and then the last two games haven't really shot the ball too well. You've been hit well, by they, the injury bug. You got to continue yeah. to test that depth. What was interesting in in both games? Well, actually, in the last ten minutes of of the of the uh, San Luis Obispo game, they they did look tired. And one thing I noticed: a guy named Fields which I think was number three, and then zero. I The littlest zero. guy on the court, and he was just taking it well, to him. The weird thing is he they would leave 
his so he was on the right side of the court if you're facing the basket and for some reason uci would just didn't have anybody down the baseline and he took it I, I i lost count three four times went right around the guy on the right drove right down the the baseline and boom well, that's the adjustment I was talking about. It's one of the adjustments they made, you know, from the previous game because where UCI blew them out by 22 points at, at their house. So yeah. they came in and kind of returned a favor. Yeah, but, exactly. uh, I think it's more or less, you know, yeah, UCI may have let that game slip away. They just, you know, they were in a hard fought and uh, just kind of came up short. And like Matt says, you know, Cal Poly was on. They were making their shots. No, and it's kind of like a snowball effect. So it's, it's an uphill battle. And it's just one of those you gotta grind it out. And uh, but we saw some great things. I mean, and then was it Galloway, Jonathan Galloway? Wow, thirteen yeah. rebounds, and he was just he, he was a, great, so athletic, and he was just really you know keeping a lot of UCI possessions alive. Right, right. So yeah, I, I I agree with Matt. I think this team does have depth. It just oh definitely it's tough when you lose your one of your best players in Luke Nelson, the senior. Um, you know, being out, out the last injured? three, four games now. I, I guess they're just kind of watching it, being weary of his hamstring. But you know what? Mm-hmm. You want him ready for the stretch run. You want him ready for the right. tournament. Right. And so th- it does change the dynamic up because they got used to playing with him and they won those eight games in a row. And then right. he's out. Again. And it kind of yeah. messes up the chemistry a little bit. But mm-hmm. they just got to get refocused. They'll be fine and just take it to Long Beach. Talk, yeah. talk about their uh, bench, Matt, because I, I think that is a big strength for UCI. Well, the, it's their bench. Like, for example, the Cal Poly game. Cal Poly played, let's see here. So let's see, five. They played nine players, and six of them played 20-plus minutes. Which is good. Which yeah, is that's, good. That's I mean, like UCI. That's like UCI. But yeah. what UCI did is they basically played everyone on their roster. All uh-huh. 12 people were pretty much playing at this point. I mean, Brad Green got eight minutes. John Edgar, eight minutes. I mean, the, everyone played. So it's like you look at it as a positive if everyone on your team is able to contribute. And I think guys like Max Hazard, you know, he's not one of those big guys. You know, he's not one of the right. flashy names. Everyone's like Jared Martin and um, – you know, well, Hazard has had some big he's games. He's had some I, big I've games. I've seen him drive in and, and, and really carry the team. Now, well, he's the it, future. And they all play the same <laughs> position. That's right. the thing about it is they're all playing the guard position. And right. you can only have two guards on the floor at right. once. And Max Hazard is not like a shooting guard by any means. So you have to play him at point and guard. And you got Yasal Warku, who's amazing too. Him too, yeah. yeah he, he had a good – Yeah, You know, Spencer Rivers is kind of like a guard forward because yeah. he, he could handle the ball. And he, you know, he could play multiple positions. And, uh, you know, being a sophomore, we're going to see a lot more of him next year as well. Yeah, right. Well, of course they're going to have to because they're going to lose some Well, it, it's time. Yeah. He's ready. He's ready. But you know, and also the sixth man. Let's not forget Tommy Rutherford. I know you love. Oh him. yeah, yeah. So, he wasn't much of a factor in that not, in that pass no, game. No, not in that but he, game. I like his energy that he brings. But yeah. um, it's just top to bottom. There's so many guys that can play. I mean, not every team has that. I mean, no, they don't. Cal Poly definitely doesn't have that. UCI has that. Like the way that they've been able to recruit and expand their team. And, it, like, you look at people like Brad Green coming off the bench to fill in for Giannis. Like, I, I can imagine it's got to get tired for Giannis being out there for so long, playing the stretch five. Yeah, like, especially as physical Cal Poly was playing. That was one of the adjustments. They were really pushing on him almost to a point where I thought, 
are they going to call a foul here? Yeah, I don't know. Well, it, it was kind of in that gray area. Yeah. I, I'm not an official. I don't want to knock the well, officials. Yeah, uh, well, yeah. well, I'll knock the officials, but I'll, I'll make But you're one. not going to move Brad Green, <laughs> I'll tell you that. Yeah, yeah. You're I'm not moving really, him I'm, out of the way. Okay, three observations I saw. I, I forget the, the gentleman's name, but number 11 on UCI uh, came in and, and, and played and tried to make some shots, and, and he was not – he was not hitting shots. Another thing that I noticed was, um, I was going to say that uh, San Luis Obispo, boy, for a team that was 0-6, if if this is the way they play against other teams, I mean, they should not be 0-6, that's for sure. And then the third thing, an observation on the, um, on the uh, refereeing, okay? The key thing in refereeing is you have to have consistency. Now, one thing I'm going to say is I, I had some – and, and I can talk pretty loud at a game, and I know the referees have heard me about the elbow <laughs> nonsense. And I'd like, to, I'd like to congratulate the referees. They are calling elbows, and that goes against both teams. I've seen UCI throw some elbows. You cannot use an elbow to clear out people. The, you know, an elbow is not a screen. It's not a, it's not a valid screen, and I'm glad that they're calling the elbows and because they're dangerous. You get hit in the eye with, with an elbow in the nose, you're going to be hurt. Awesome. But the weird thing that happened, the gentleman that was the referee on the on the on the side that is the um, where where the uh, both both teams are. Until the last five minutes of the game, I cannot remember that guy calling one foul at all, which was really weird, because for 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 the first 35 minutes of the game, it was it was the other two referees that were on the um, on the um, student side or or. Or in the center, so that that's my comment about the referees. It's kind of odd to see a referee, and there was a lot of action on his side. Go 35 minutes, as far as I can remember, he might have called one in the first half, and he called a couple down the stretch, and that was it. It was bizarre. Well, we're going to be talking some more Ant Eater basketball because we have a very special guest coming up as well. Oh, who's that? The play-by-play announcer, Michael O'Sullivan. And so hope, stay tuned for that one. That's going to be a, a I'm getting hot flash. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't do that. Uh, but uh, hopefully he's listening because. Uh, um, so they were in. You know, Michael was in, and the coach and the nice guy. I think Rob, who's down on the floor with the other nice young lady, doing, you know, doing all the cool events with with the kids, and you know they do that three point shot thing. Oh, that, I know. You, you know the yes, you know yes, do the yes, layup, yes. do the. Did the guy make the three points? He made the three point shot. I then. don't believe. Uh, you know what? I oh, actually, miss- I I took a little break during halftime. You know so, what? He uh, might have missed that one. Yeah. But we've had people like get the three point shot, and then go out and like have two shots at the uh, at the half court. At, at the half yeah. court. That that's an exciting thing. But yeah, um, it's fun for the fans, you know. So Michael uh, is still, I guess, uh, still working on my USB and uh, trying to edit those uh, promos. But the coach made a lot of promos and. Uh, and so did Rob, and I was impressed with both. They have good radio voices, and that uh, Rob definitely uh, gets gets the crowd going. That's a tough job. Do you want to comment about uh, being, you know, he's I, fun. I don't he's, know he's, the young he's, lady he's an energy there. guy, you know, but he seems like he enjoys what he does, and and it's fun, you know, because you're 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 really communicating with the fans, you're really getting them riled up, because you know you get that energy. And I tell you, the players feed off that. They hear you. Yeah, they they definitely. know you're there, and they and then. When you're yelling and it's really just that fun atmosphere, it just it takes them up a little bit there. So yeah. they want to perform well. What do you think about that, Matt? Have, I love energy. 
Energy is a great thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to go work for Exxon Mobil? Oh, because no, sports matters no. to Matt. It's matter. It's Matt. Energy. Right. I mean, it's the science of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you know, energy is like matter in in, in motion. So I guess exactly. You get, you get, yeah. So that's why it works on. Just two think planes. of Matt in motion uh, right here. You yeah. know. Well, yeah, driving to the basket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he does got those long arms. You know, you might want to try out. Well, you nah, already. I, I won't even get past the first cut, honestly. The the walk on. Yeah, the walk on. I won't even. They'll be my name will be on the first cuts. They'll be. Yeah, he's out. Yeah. There's no, no. way. <laughs> There's no way. Well, yeah, but speak. You know, so you were talking about like Tommy Rutherford. He he definitely looked tired in. Well, in, he wasn't getting much playing time. I think it was and also too. I think he was somewhat in foul trouble. Uh, there were some some foul calls called on him. They're eh, you know, it's kind of a gray area. You know, it's like uh, it's, okay, they're He's, calling it there, but they, are they going to call it on the other side? Yeah. But, you know, I'm gonna. He, 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 he you look hustled. at the other he game hustled. that he had he does against hustle. Uh, UC Davis. He had a he had a yeah he played well yeah, in that played really yeah. well. I mean, yes, twenty one minutes, eleven rebounds, twelve points. It's but that's what I like about game. this team. There's always going to be someone else stepping yes. up. You know, in that game, you know, Yasal Worko had a you know pretty yes. good game. You know, yeah. like I said, you know, was it Justin Smith? He did a or excuse me, Brandon Smith. Excuse me, Brandon Smith. Right. You know, he was just doing a little bit of everything. Yeah, you know, he hit a couple right. nice three pointers. He had that nice yeah. block. He was snatching yeah. some rebounds. Yeah. You know, he's kind of like that that slasher, that versatile guy. Yeah. I like to see him get a little bit more involved in the offense because you know, with that length, when you're working the inside out, you know, he could be that slasher going to the basket. And he could be the just the, the the guy that can get open and get that nice little layup. Now, speaking of movement, um, it, it looked to me in the San Luis Obispo game they just weren't moving the ball as well as they had in previous games. What what do you have to say about that, Matt? I think it's more about them not making their shots. I, I don't think it's been about the ball movement. I mean, they had in the – for example, I'm looking at the UC Davis's stats, and they had, I think, eight assists the whole game. That's not very good. I mean, you need to keep moving the ball around to your point, yes. But it, when you keep moving the ball around, it opens up – extra like the extra right. passes open up for the easier shots. But you have to make the easier shots, you know what I'm saying? And the fact that they need to move the ball more – it is true, yes. But they also need them. It's like a combination of both, in my opinion. Yeah, make good passes. Good passes lead to good shots. How about positioning, Kevin? That's, that's important as well. Oh, absolutely. You know, you, you certainly want to be spaced out. And for the most part, I thought they were spaced out, spaced out somewhat. But at times, it just seemed like it just seemed like just a touch out of sync. And when you're a little touch out of sync, it could be a snowball effect. You know, it allows easier baskets for the opponent. And when the opponent's already making their shots, yeah. it's just a big uphill climb. and. Because, you know, that game was tight. It was tight oh, up until about yeah. the last five minutes where yeah. they started to pull away. And then, right. and then at that point, when the littlest guy is getting the offensive rebound on the other opposing team, that's when you know, okay, they've they've kind of run out of gas. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I noticed that uh, I think Fields, just towards the end of the half against uh, the San Luis Obispo game, he made – some wacky, wild, did. off-balance three-point shot that went in, kissed off the glass, and that went in. And that little Shipley uh, young yeah. man, he also made some pretty nice yeah. layups. Yeah, and then they had another guy in there that, that had a beard that uh, made some really critical three-point shots that were really not that easy. They, And then in the last five minutes, to make matters worse, talk the long rebound when they when – San Luis Obispo missed. Those rebounds went so far out, and and that was uh, that that 
killed them. That killed UCI because yeah. then the long when you get the offensive kill, yeah. rebound and you're under five minutes, now that 30-second yeah. clock is – And they couldn't get to the free throw line either. Yeah. I mean, they couldn't get a free throw that their life depended on it that game. Yeah. Well, I've been wondering – because they did, they did drive occasionally against San Luis Obispo. Do you think that they're, they're, the guys are penetrating enough, really getting you know good drives to the basket? Well, I I wasn't at that game, but I think that's definitely a thing. You know, you need to get to the basket. I mean, it's important because that's how you get foul calls. Right. Like the great players take it to the basket. I mean, you look at what Michael Jordan did. He can, you know, fake right. like he's going to the basket and pop out. Right. I mean, it's really important because you can work a drive and kick offense based off of that. So getting to the rim is definitely an important thing. Um, but I think our the ability to get to the rim – has been through the guard position. It hasn't really been from the forward position, and it needs to come up from everyone uh, to penetrate down the middle. All right, Sports Matters up next. I'm going to play uh, the legal ID and, and their usual things. This has been Ladies of Voice Entertainment and Music. Uh, we talked a little sports because we all went to that game and got, got real happy. All right, uh, see you next Tuesday. Sports Matters is right here in just about one minute. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, playing underground music since 1969. Follow us on Twitter at KUCI FM or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash KUCI 88.9. This way you can be the first to know when we will be giving away tickets to your favorite concerts, festivals, and events. You can also call in 949-824-5824 to make a special request. KUCI, a community supporting the artistic creativity of all. The views and opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. For more information on this or other KUCI programs, Visit KUCI.org or KUCITalk.org. Good morning, Irvine, and welcome to another episode of Sports Matters. And I'm Kevin Drake, and have Matt Burt here. How you doing? Good, good. So we got off to a nice little early start there. Thank you, Tom. Yep. That was an exciting game. It was a lot of fun. But I tell you, we have a really uh, great guest coming on, Michael O'Sullivan. So we'll definitely touch on the game and get his perspective and learn a little bit more about the UCI men's basketball team. But before we get into that, something big happened over the weekend. What I think was that? Two big things happened over the weekend, and it was both in the same sport. We looked at number 23 for Serena Williams. Unbelievable. The Australian Open. The Australian Open. And you're right, I didn't announce it, but the age Australian 35. Open. She's age 35 versus Venus Williams, which was that was the biggest upset. Yeah. Venus taking out Coco Vanaway. 35 year old versus 36. Sister, sister. Again, it was the uh, ninth time they met in the Grand Slam final, and now Serena has seven of those victories. Wow, unbelievable. I mean, to me, she is the most dominant individual athlete there has ever been. She's amazing. She's got it all. She's got the athleticism, the strength, the skill. I mean, you look at, remember, like, Tiger when he was back in his domination. I think she surpassed that. The level of dominance she's had in her tennis field has been unbelievable. Well, you can argue, too, because now Steffi Graf won 22 titles, Grand Slam titles, and she did it in a much shorter period. 
and she retired early if it wasn't for an injury. So you can make a nice argument. But right now in this era, Serena Williams definitely hands down is is doing some extraordinary things, especially at age 35. Because usually when you're in your 30s, that's like kind of like over the hill for tennis. And she doesn't look like she's going to slow down. That's the more important well, thing. Well, let me tell like, you this. Her goal this year, too, is uh, she's not going to be playing as many tournaments because her goal is to win four straight. Oh, I like it. That's a worthy that, goal. I love that. She I could love do that. She, she I, do I am in her fan club. Mm-hmm. I am root, I am rooting for her. I would love to see that. Yeah, and we too. all want to see that. We it's amazing. Unbelievable. Well, let's not let's not forget about the male side of things. We had the classic we rivalry, had a you know. Vintage rival. Vintage, yes. You know Rafa Nadal versus Roger Federer. And you think about it. Now they've been calling this the golden area. Since uh, Andy Murray has come come alive, you know, once he's he's peaked out, now he's ranked number one. And Djokovic, when those two guys get knocked out, it kind of paves the way. Okay, who's going who's gonna to be in there? Now, you know Stan the man was going to, you know, battle a little bit mm-hmm. there. Roger Federer versus Rafael Nadal, and I tell you, that was just an epic matchup. I mean, those guys really, I mean, you got your money's worth. Yeah, the two titans of the industry, I mean, for so long. It was just back and forth. It was a slugfest. It was, uh, you know, Rafa, uh, Federer taking the first set, 6-4, and then Nadal comes back, 6-3. Federer wins the next one, 6-1. Nadal comes back, 6-3. Then Nadal goes up 2-0 in the final set, and then Federer just dug deep. I mean, he dug deep and got Number took, 18. Number, number 18. 18. Wow, unbelievable. He, I mean, he beat Sanfris already with 14, and then he continues to put some distance on that field. So congratulations to Mr. Roger Federer. He's Absolutely. This, he's the name brand of tennis. I mean, you think about who the best tennis player of this generation has been. I think it's Roger Federer, no doubt. I don't think you can really come up with a better argument other than Roger Federer. Well, definitely. They, they're they calling this the golden era is what they're the calling golden, it. Yeah, Roger yeah. Federer, Novak Djokovic, Andy Murray, and Rafael Nadal. I mean, it, it's always those four guys. They're always in it. In yeah, every you, tournament, you know, you every once in a while you'll get Stan the man win one, and you know whatever anybody uh, <laughs> else has won anything in the in the four majors. But uh, no, it, it's extraordinary what he has done and how he keeps going. And it's been a drought because he's not won a Grand Slam title in almost six years. Yeah, he's getting older though, you know. And check this out: he's now become the second oldest player in the Open era to win a Grand Slam title. Wow. Now, the oldest was uh, Ken Roswell at age 37. So, and you think about it, when you combine the two sports, Federer at age 35 is the second oldest, and then Serena would be the third oldest. <laughs> Serena, my gosh, amazing. And That's you, all I can say. You're amazing, Serena Williams. Keep up the mm-hmm. good work. We're all rooting for you. I do. I think she could get, you know, more than you know, she could pass. I think it's court's record of 24. Isn't that correct? That That's the leading major. So I think she could beat that, you know, one out of the next three. Well, her goal is to win the next three. Next, yeah, yeah, the next three. That's her she goal. The so first she, one, you know. So she's, she's off to she's, a yeah. good start, and she's going to be tough to beat. She is. Well, <laughs> well moving on up uh, real quick, we got a quick Super Bowl predictions. Oh, I like you know, it. I like it. We could sum this up real fast. I know we touched on it last week. I'm the underdog guy. Atlanta Falcons. For, we're both going for Atlanta. Look, I, I tell you, it's unprecedented what the Patriots have done. They have a great defense. They have the best quarterback, you know, of this era. And it's going to be a great game. Most likely they're the favorite. Most likely everybody thinks they're going to win. But I just, this underdog thing, like Clemson did to Alabama, I'm just feeling that same thing with Atlanta. With uh, Well, here's, here's the reason why I like Atlanta. Atlanta wants to win because they want to win. The Patriots want to win to prove Goodell wrong. And I don't think that's a good success for, you know, winning. 
I want. I would rather have the team that wants to win because they want to win as a team. I know the Patriots have had all this adversity thrown at them, and they've had new guys step up each week. But when you look at the offensive threats that the Atlanta Falcons have, they're way better than that. You know, team that you were talking, the Dirty Birds team. Right. Like they're they have more weapons around them. Like they've got tall wide receivers that they can throw to. Like let's not forget to mention if they shut down Julio Jones. They got Sanu on the outside. They've got many other options that they can go to to throw the ball. And let's not also forget they have not one but two great running backs right. that and they have to stop. This uh, this is a prolific offense. It really is. And I have to agree with Devontae Freeman. He goes, pick your poison. This <laughs> is the one team where Bill Belichick, what are you going to take away? Yeah, because something else will come up. It's so, just the Falcons just got to be weary. Because this Patriots defense is extremely intelligent, is why they're one of the top defenses. It's not so much of their physicality. They're very intelligent. And, let's and their not offense forget. is very intelligent. So that's what let's you got to watch. This is the this defense is very young that the Atlanta Falcons have. They got a very young defense. But they're, they're more, they're more athletic. They got the young defense. They can make some plays. If they, look, if they get to Tom Brady early and and hit him a couple of times and knock him around and knock him off, kind of like what the Giants did in 07, hey, you got a really good chance. Yeah, and what, they do. But they got a much better offense than the Giants had. They did, yeah. I, you know what? I just something about this Atlanta Falcons team. The gas stations and grocery stores around, you know, the Atlanta area have stopped selling Sam Adams, the Boston Lager. I think that's great, and that's why I think the Atlanta Falcons are going to win. That is so they cool. want they want yeah. to win more yes. than the Patriots because the Patriots want to win. Do you know? Tell Goodell that he's he shouldn't have suspended Tom Brady. That's that's a. I think that's not a reason for winning they want to see him hand the trophy i think that tom brady is one of the best quarterbacks of all time and i think this might be his last super bowl but don't go don't go quoting me on it because he could get uh, he's a sneaky yeah. man you know he could get back into that another patriot one. team right now is a really good team and if they don't win it this year they could very yeah. li- most likely be in it next year but yeah they could but he's getting he's getting older uh, you know he's gonna be 40 dang i know like tom we, brady, we, we're talking about our tennis 40. players you know how they're performing as at that age and look at tom Brady, you would think like, what? He's thirty nine. Are you kidding me? Yeah, for real. You know, Peyton looked like he was on his walker yeah, last year. No, he looked old. Tom Brady still looks like he's in his twenties. Love like, Peyton what? Manning though. I love him too. He's good. Well, I tell you what, Matt. Why don't you give us a little uh, duck update here? Well. The Anaheim Ducks coming out of the All-Star break. Got a game tonight. The great All-Star game. You know, I think the NBA needs the model a little bit after how the NHL does it. The NHL plays four divisions worth of All-Stars. Four divisions. So that means each division has their own set of All-Stars. There's been too much of this NBA talk where it's like, oh, he shouldn't have been an All-Star. This person should have been an All-Star. It needs to stop. Give them each division needs to have their own set of all stars, and they all need to play like a four on four tournament. Well, I tell you what, we have a very special guest online on hold right now. He is our play by play announcer here for the UCI men's basketball team. So, without further ado, Michael O'Sullivan, are you there? Hey, fellas, how we doing? Good morning. Good, Good morning. morning. Thank you for uh, you know taking some time out in your uh, commute into work and uh, to chat with us a little bit about some UCI men's basketball. Oh, no worries. You know, uh, calendar about to, to flip over to February, so uh, things getting awfully serious in college basketball. It's an exciting time. Absolutely, I call this the stretch run right here. You know, it's uh, they, they got a slew of games that they got to play, but um, I got a good feeling about this team. I really do. And after being that game on Thursday, 
I really love the energy in that building. I know it was the second time them playing Cal Poly, and I know Luke Nelson wasn't there, but uh, I don't know. What were your thoughts on that game? Well, you know, I, I was talking to uh, Russ Turner before the game, and, uh, you know, he was a little worried about the complacency factor. You know, it was the second time they had faced Cal Poly in eight days. Um and they just got beat. You know, that's going to happen. I mean, Cal Poly, that was their first win in conference. So I think, you know, a lot of UCI supporters are probably really surprised by that, knowing that uh, the Indians were 6-0 and in league coming into that matchup. But that just shows you, I mean, in a conference like the Big West, where it really is, uh, you know, competitive every year, there, there really isn't a dominant team. I think the Indians kind of emerged as a dominant team early on. But, you know, if you don't come to play every night, that's going to happen. Or can happen, and uh, they just didn't have it, and uh, they lost, and then they lost, you know, just a couple days ago at Davis. So uh, it's been two straight where they've just been beaten. Um, yeah, I do have a good feeling about this team. You know, you mentioned Luke Nelson not being there. It's been tough to have uh, him on the sideline for it's been 17 games, I think, now this season. You know, he really is the best scorer on this team, and he's a real leader. So. Uh, there's a lot of youth, and they've just got to continue to get better and keep growing. And, you know, it's just going to come down to that conference tournament, as always, in uh, early March. Absolutely. You know, another thing, too, is that UC Davis game, you know, because I was listening a little bit of the broadcast. You know, they they jumped out to a 29-11 lead, and then I just don't know what, what happened after that. Yeah, yeah. they didn't really, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah you got to give Davis some credit. You know, I mean, yeah, they had an 18-point lead. And, and Irvine, unlike the Cal Poly game, they really came out with good energy defensively and uh, really just punched Davis in the mouth. But, you know, the Aggies, uh, they – did a real nice job. They called a timeout around the midway point of the first half, and then they came out and uh, just started chipping away at the free throw line. I mean, the big, I think the big frustration for the Anteaters, Davis outshot them at the free throw line, 46 to 16 in that game. So there were a lot of whistles against UCI. I think that really got the team frustrated early, uh, just given how the officials were going to call the game. And I know Coach Turner felt the same way. Uh, but, you know, they just got, had to find a way to play defense without fouling, and they really couldn't do it. And that's what kept Davis in the game in the first half. And then they just made more plays in the second half, to be honest. You know, I can see that being frustrated as a player. You know, you're like, I'm trying to do everything I can, you know, what I think is right, playing defense, and they keep calling fouls, and then they just kind of hold back, and then kind of the, the tide changes. But Matt made a point earlier about the free throws. It seems like uh, UCI, and especially against Cal Poly, they weren't getting to the free throw line that often. No. No, they weren't. And, uh, you know, they were settling for, you know, some jump shots, and, and they weren't falling. So I think, you know, that translated into a, a lack of effort defensively. It's hard to play defense for long stretches if you're not scoring. I mean, that's just kind of basketball. But, uh, yeah, and, I mean, Cal Poly, you know, they were attacking the paint. They really weren't uh, intimidated by the anteater size advantage. They just got into the lane. They got calls. And that's exactly what Davis did. So, you know, for a team in UCI that defended – the paint so well early on this season in the conference season at least uh you know the fl the script's kind of been flipped a little bit the last two games so i think they have a week off or at least uh since last saturday against davis you know the next game is until this saturday at long beach i think they do a little soul searching in terms of, of their defensive efforts because that's what coach turner is uh you know that's his calling card ever since he took over and now his seventh year so one thing that i've noticed is that uci has a lot of depth they play a lot of players has that been kind of their formula for success is having that swiss army kind of knife 
feel to it? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, usually in college hoops, you have teams that go, you know, eight, nine, maybe ten deep, um, you know, which is solid. But, I mean, you know, Russ Turner has 12 guys averaging 10 minutes or more. I mean, that's pretty rare, especially, you know, in a mid-major conference and uh, school like UC Irvine. So I think their depth, uh, it just wears teams out in this league over 40 minutes. You got guys who are, you know, contributing. I mean, they have a lot of true freshmen who have really made an impact this year. Guys like Yasu Warku, who's a backup point guard. Uh, Tommy Rutherford down low in the paint. Oh, man. Uh, Brad, Green, Brad Green's been a backup center who a lot of people thought was going to redshirt this year. I, he's actually been the biggest surprise of the year for me. Um, backing up the honesty McCopolis has been great, but he's been a backup center, has Green, and he's really made an impact. Uh, Max Hazard's a redshirt freshman, and other guard is, who's really played well this year. So, yeah, I mean, it has been the formula for sure. And that that's what Coach Turner has kind of uh, done the last couple of seasons. You know, he's made sure he's got two sets of five he can go out there at any time and then a couple of utility guys who can come in. And, and that's just really tough for a lot of these teams in the Big West to uh, play against for 40 minutes. You know, and our future looks bright, too, because I know Jaron Martin, Luke Nelson, and uh, Giannis uh, Dimacopoulos are going to be, you know, graduating this year. But you got – you know, a new class coming up, and it just seems like, you know, this program that R- Coach Russell Turner has built here, is he's just done an amazing job. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, he's really uh, recruited well, and, uh, you know, he's pretty firm on the kind of guys he's looking for. He wants a defensive mentality uh, from these guys right away, and that's what he tries to instill in them when they come on campus. Um, yeah, I mean, the future looks really bright. Uh, you know, they're obviously going to, you know, lose a lot with Jaron, Luke, and Giannis um, like they did a year ago where they lost a great senior class. In fact, the first class, uh, one of the first classes to go to the NCAA tournament. But, um, you know, that's what's going to be good in the next couple of years that these freshmen are getting this kind of experience now. And so by the time they're sophomores, juniors, I mean, they're going to have a lot of games and a lot of conference experience under their belt. And, uh, you know, that that's only going to help then the following classes that come up after them. Oh, you're absolutely correct on that. It's certainly going to help them and the, the growth and the development. And they'll be taking the other freshmen under the, their wings and, and, uh, Right. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. I always like to look ahead. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, but you know this is the stretch run, like you said. This is February. You know they got some you know slew of really good games coming up, and uh, hopefully they're, they should be refocused. A week off should make them refreshed and whatnot. And uh, what do you think their yeah. chances of like uh, maybe possibly getting an NCAA bid or maybe an NIT or what do you think? Yeah, um, you know I think these. Yeah, you mentioned a week off here. I think these two losses, you know, they're going to sting initially, but I think it'll probably be good for them. I think they'll refocus a little bit. You know, this team took their lumps in the non-conference, um, which I think really helped them going in the league. You know, they, they were humbled a little bit. I mean, they got smacked out on the road, uh, especially in the month of December. They were without Luke Nelson, but, you know, that gave more guys more minutes, and it started to come together for the that six-game winning streak in conference. But with these two losses, I think it's going to reshift them. Uh, I think they, by far, have the most talent in this league, um, and I think they know that. Um, but... You know, what they've just seen the last two games, you know, they're not significantly better than these other teams. So they got to come and bring it every night. You know, that conference tournament, it, it's so tricky, guys. There's not going to be an at-large, obviously, out of the Big West. So it's going to be coming down to winning those three games in three days, which, which really tests you mentally and physically. Um, you know, with a healthy Luke Nelson, which I know they're hoping to get him back this 
Saturday. Uh, I think they're the best team. So I do think they can win that conference tournament. Uh, now the question if they'll get the top seed or not, it's still up in the air. You know, after Davis won on Saturday, they're, they're in first place right now. Um, yes. But I think, uh, you know, it's just going to come out of that tournament at the high in the center. And each game, as always, is going to be a grinded out, come down to the last five minutes. I mean, those tournaments always do. Um, so I do like their chances. Um, but, it, you know, it's, it's going to be hard. And it should be. You know, something like earning a bid to the NCAA tournament when it's a one big league, it should be challenging. So kind of switching gears here, I understand that you went to Marquette. I did. What do you think about their basketball season so far? I know they just beat Villanova recently, last Tuesday. Have you been they following did. them at all? I have. I have. Uh, yeah, that was uh, – I don't know how they pulled that game out. They were down like 15. It seemed yeah, like. they got 50 it's points like, in the second half. Yeah, I know. You know, that team frustrates me sometimes. <laughs> they can sure score. They don't play any <laughs> But, uh, yeah, they're uh, – I think they're pretty talented too, kind of like Irvine. But uh, we'll see. They're going to be a bubble team, I think, guys, when it comes down to Selection Sunday. But uh, that Villanova win was sure fun to watch. Oh, yeah, um, they got a great resume because of that now. Absolutely. It's always exactly. good. To, yeah. It's always good to yeah. knock off the number one team in the country, you know? <laughs> oh, come on. Yeah, it was great. It was nice to see, you know, the fans there storm the court reminded me of when, when I did that way back now, it seems like. So, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it's been, you know, they're, they're kind of a frustrating team at times, but that was a big time win. So hopefully they can get into the dance as well. You know, and, and to shift gears back to UCI, I, I, like I said, I'm very optimistic and I, and I think this team's going to refresh and they realize, yeah. you know, this is a stretch run. This is where the com- the good thing about it is the competition is going to be great. And this is what you want as an athlete, especially for the, the three guys that are going to, you know, the seniors. And uh, I, I think th- they're going to do well. I think they're going to do well. But like you said, it's going to be a grind. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, I think guys like Jaron, Luke, Giannis have, uh, even when Luke's been, you know, reduced to a spectator role, he's just, He's been such a leader off the court, and he knows this is his last go-around. And, uh, you know, Luca was on that team that, that went to the dance for the first time a couple years ago and actually scored the go-ahead bucket against Louisville in that oh, wow. round game, but yeah. like a minute to go. So, he, you know, he, he definitely wants to get back to the show. So, uh, you know, that that was a game that Irvine really should have won. Yeah, oh, um, that was a heartbreaker. It have taken the whole country by storm. Right, no question. Um, <laughs> so, uh so Luke and Jaron, you know, they, they know how much this means to them, this final stretch. Giannis, who's had huge shoes to fill this year, has, has really uh, been playing at all conference levels. So I know those guys are going to be ready when it comes to that conference tournament. And just can these young guys, you know, play well enough, uh, you know, during these stretches where they're going to be relied on in real significant minutes, um, you know, to contribute and deliver. If they can, I think Irvine. Well, Michael, it's, it's certainly a pleasure. Thank you so much for taking time out here. Um uh, real quick, you know, let our listeners know, uh, where can they hear you? Obviously, we know we can hear you at KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, but is there another station that they can tune into to hear you? Yeah, always on 88.9 FM, obviously, KUCI, and then we have a lot of our conference game uh, remaining that'll be on AM 830 KLAA, uh, flagship station of the, the Ducks and Angels. So nice. Tune in if you can. Yeah, it should be a fun stretch around here. So, who do you think? Patriots or Falcons? Ooh, throwing that one at me. I, I can't bet against Brady and Belichick on the Super Bowl. I just can't do it. <laughs> I can't either. I don't blame you. I really don't. I don't blame yeah. you. But listen, Michael, yeah. thank you so much it's for taking. What's that? It's a boring pick, but I got it. 
Uh, yeah, it's kind of a boring pick. We're the underdog guys here. We like a little excitement, but you know. Well, good. I'm rooting for the Falcons. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But uh, but we're definitely we're all in the same boat as go Anteaters because uh, they're gonna make Man. a nice stretch run here. Okay, well, thank you so much for your time, and, and uh, enjoy your commute to work, and uh, and we'll chat soon. Yeah, no problem, guys. Be in touch. Talk to you soon. Thank Thanks, you. Michael. Oh, you hung up on him? What are you doing? Whoops. <laughs> what was I doing? <laughs> no, I've already uh, clicked him off. You already hung up on me. But uh, else, Michael O'Sullivan, I tell you, uh, he calls a great game. If he you does. can't make it to the game... Like I said, tune in to 8.30 a.m. Or, of course, KUCI. He's got one of those smooth-sounding voices. Like the oh, ones he's that you want, great. Like, you he's know. great. You know, he reminds me a little bit of uh, 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 Marty Brenneman because uh, I'm from Cincinnati, and he's just got that 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 kind of energy and passion and focus. But he he brings the game. He he makes it, makes it feel like you're at the game. <laughs> yeah, he does a great job, no doubt about it. But, yeah, uh, to continue – I was going to finish up with my Ducks. They yeah, ra- ra- wrap it up with the <laughs> Ducks there. And, well, uh, I was talking about how I just want to reiterate that the NBA All-Star Game, if you want to fix it, you need to have each division have its own set of All-Stars because there's so many great basketball players. And it's not fair that, you know, people like Damian Lillard, and, you know, this is such sad-sounding music. It's perfect for this. People like Damian Lillard. <laughs> and, you know, all the snubs of the All-Star game. They all deserve to be there. I think you need to make it a four-on-four tournament over two days. Or not even two days. You make it a four-on-four tournament of just halves. Play it like college basketball. Do something different because this is getting boring. I mean, the slam dunk contest is always cool. Skill set is perfect. But the way the NHL does it, other leagues need to start copying it. They need to have some, you know. Yeah, they got to do something to spice it up. They need to. It's it's getting kind of because it is not fun watching them, you know, score massive amount of points and then having the argument. Oh, should Clay Thompson be a, a, an all star over this person, even though his numbers? No, have them all be all stars. Like <laughs> they got so many good players in the NBA, so it's <laughs> like you you need to put them all there. Well, I tell you, boy, we just had a fun-filled morning this morning, and uh, hopefully you're enjoying your commute to work, and maybe you're already there, or if not. But we always want to let you know that all sports matters here, and we got Kenny Jones with news and views coming up next. And until then, Matt, anything to add in? No, sports matters to me and you. That's absolutely. Have a great commute.